We believe that true success in every domain of life and work begins with a vision and a plan. I'm Michael Counts. And I'm Sarah Ellis Conan, and we are the founders of A Plan Coaching. And you're listening to All You Need Is a Plan. A podcast that explores how we can get the most out of life and work in the midst of more and more complicated and challenging times. Each week, we'll bring you guests who represent success stories at companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes. As well as thought leaders at the forefront of business and the wellness economy. So the purpose of this podcast is to share and explore stories of personal and organizational achievement ranging from how a company can change its culture and transform into the next phase of its evolution and succeed in new ways, to how a filmmaker can have a vision for a new project and realize it despite all the complexities, challenges, and difficulties that stand in the way, to how two creative partners can build a business and become an award-winning architectural firm, and how a new mom can see a need and launch a small nonprofit that grows into one of the largest diaper banks in the U.S., and many more. Knowing that achievement is really an inside job, we'll look at how habits are formed and obstacles overcome how organizational systems are put together, and how goals are set and explained, how successful teams are structured and managed, how people are supported to bring their best, and how challenges to team and group dynamics are mitigated so that the toxicity that can sometimes exist in a culture doesn't rule the day. So in this podcast, all you need is a plan. We're going to explore how things get done, big and small, in companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes, and the role that coaching and other tools have in supporting the achievement of individual and organizational goals. With that in mind, let's get to it. As I've shared on many past episodes, the journey of A-Plan as a company is really the result of my journey with coaching. My partner is Sarah Alice Conant, who is my my coach of many years. And uh, the vision to start A-Plan was really the result of the incredible impact that coaching had on my life, my career, my life in really every way. And as a creative person, I feel like I spent a lot of time thinking about talking about even in some instances, consulting with companies on uh, coaching and its impact on creativity as a specific kind of subset of what we think about and do. And that makes me particularly excited to introduce our guest today, which is uh, a longtime friend and and someone I've known and a collaborator in a few instances, Michael Napolitano, who is the founder and CEO of Rockness Music, also one of the most creative people I know, and someone who has worked with an A-Plan coach off and on for the last many years, was a very early client to A-Plan. And I, I know from his experience, which he'll sh- hopefully share with us today, has had a significant impact on his life and work in, in many different ways, which I'm hoping we can discuss today. This podcast episode represents a bit of a shift for us towards examining and discussing the the perspective of the individual client. We've had many coaches on, we've had many executives and business leaders, and today represents a conversation really about um, coaching as a resource for I- individuals. Michael is the founder and CEO of Rockness Music, but our conversation today is really more about the impact of coaching on him as a person and of course, as a CEO and as a creative person, but I'm eager to kind of explore the uh, very personal side. I'm going to share some of my own experience with coaching and obviously we'll hear plenty from Michael. So Michael, welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you, have you on. Thank, thanks for having me. Yep. It's great to be with you in this regard because typically we have more of a social relationship with our children and our families. So this is great. 
Indeed, indeed. Well, you've been on on the top of my list of people I wanted to talk to who have had a really significant experience with eggplant. So let's just start with a little background. I'd love to just kind of have everyone get to know kind of who you are, the journey of your career as a creative person, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a husband, as a dad, as a son, et cetera. You do all those things quite well. Well, where to start? That That is a very large area, <laughs> right? Someone's entire spectrum of life. Well, I began, I was born in 1974. <laughs> no, um, seriously, I'm going to give you a quick overview. I come from a very tight Italian family to where my family lived together in the same house. My father was a musician, worked real hard. My family was really hard workers, didn't have a lot of, you know, uh, opportunities up until later in life, um, till my father worked really harder. So I know that I know hard work, you know, how to get, how to get where you want to go. Sometimes it's not so easy. And that's what a plan helped me out with. But way before then I had, uh, I played in tons of bands, went to college, the whole thing that a young budding musician would do, uh, out of college. I, I worked for blue man group for a while. And then I, w- I left Blue Man Group, started teaching at the Blues School and doing kind of a, a ch- children's music thing there because I had already started doing some children's education and music. At which point, my friend Sharon uh, had said to me, you should try coaching. And it was new back when she had told me it was new for me. But it was certainly not as popular as it is now kind of like cold brew or something like that. It existed. <laughs> cold brew existed, but now everybody's like, ooh, cold brew, you know, or like bubble tea or something was like five years ago. So so anyhow, so but coaching is, I don't think it's a trend. I think it's a necessity. But she had mentioned it to me and I was, I'm, I'm going to use the word ignorant, but I was ignorant to it. And I was like, kind of like, ah, whatever, that's, if I, I don't need, I don't need that or whatever. And I, oh boy, do I, do I wish I did it at that point? But I had children and got this company and the company took off. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look, I started this children's music program because I took my daughter to one. And it it was when she was one and it was very, is the word, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And you're trying to entertain children and young parents who are just trying to get out the house. So I created Rock Nest Music and it steamrolled while my children were being being born and and being raised, my company was growing right alongside them, which was wonderful, but a little overwhelming. So as that happened, I think I said steamrolled, I meant snowballed. (laughs) So it snowballed the whole process until, you know, kind of running after the company, chasing it for years. And I had uh, a friend of mine, uh, Joe Bekwar, was introduced to me from another person and he was a coach. And he, this, this gentleman basically worked with me out of the kindness of his heart. Um, I don't want to get into details, but I'm just going to say he helped my life significantly and didn't ask for very much in return. And I, I will never uh, forget that or, you know, never stop remembering what he did for me. Anyhow, so I stopped working with Joe and then I ran into Michael Counts at a function. I'm not going to say what, I don't want to get sad, but it wasn't the happiest of occasions. And he started telling me about a plan. And I was like, wow. And actually it took me a year from then to call Michael and say, I want to give it a shot. And I did. 
and I went through all the processes. So, so I'm going through the processes and the onboarding and it was very organized and the questions and exercises that I participated in immediately gave me this insight over my history and who I am and why I am who I am. And let me tell you, I've done plenty of therapy, okay? <laughs> and this was different. This is different experience. This is not therapy. You know, the onboarding process really taught me a lot. And we're talking about me sitting alone. And then I got to investigate and interpret this language of my life with my coach. And just within the first hour, the first hour encounter it was it was completely eye opening and it was very clear that that good things were going to happen and it was the right decision and the beginning of a, a new chapter and that my coach was going to help me open that door. You know, I mean, it it, it, it always kind of excites me and it always sort of connects with me emotionally to hear um, other people's experience with having that kind of moment of clarity and the things that come from coaching almost like right out of the gate. I was explaining coaching this to a prospect this morning, someone who came to me and was interested in learning more about a plan. And I was explaining how in some ways, just the process of deciding to work with a coach is itself a huge step forward. And it kind of is the beginning of the virtuous cycle. And that was certainly my experience. I'm going to stop you right there because I left a plan just the pandemic it, during that, you know, a lot of things changed. I took just a break and mind you that I was with a plan for over, o- over a year. I mean, I think two years and I just took a break. Things got crazy. We don't need to get into why, but I can tell you I didn't leave because I didn't want to do a plan anymore. It was just, just a moment. But I, after that, so much happened with the pandemic that I started feeling unsettled as many people in the world do. Let's just say the world does. <laughs> and, yeah. and it took me a while to, to hop back on the horse and say, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a plan again. It took me a while. It was harder than, and I know it works, but you know that you're going to see significant change with a plan. So I think, you know, that's, you know, it's the first step to have the gumption and the gall to make the call. In all seriousness, I joke a lot, but it was really hard to, to pick up the phone or whatever, or pen that email to start again. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know if, if you're willing to share, Michael, just some of the tools, some of the insights that you had as you began, what were some of the, the things that started to change for you when you, when you first started working with Kirsten and sort of ex- really exploring coaching for the first time? I know it was such a powerful experience for you, but I'd be curious to know some of the details. Well, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, I'll give some examples, but I want to say that I probably have better ones if I had time to think about it. But I think the first thing you said was tools. I was given tools immediately. Mm-hmm. What, what did we discuss? I'm going to just going to do ex- uh, very direct examples. The saboteur, right? I'm an artist. So as you know, you're an artist, every, every artist, every thinker, idea maker, heck, everybody has a saboteur. But I'm talking about direct creation. So putting something out there and, you know, the death of the author and, you know, once you put it out there, you can't defend it. And what is your brain, you know, saying to you, you stink, you can't do this. Your lyrics are bad, whatever the case may be, you know, in my situation, 
she just gave me a lot of tools to just understand that that was happening. You read enough books and you you do enough studying. Sure, you could figure that on your own. And But what I was doing was identified by Kirsten and, Kirsten and myself was identified. And then I was able to target it and think about it and and even read about it, getting book recommendations, et cetera, like that. Um, so that was one, was combating the saboteur. The second one would be, I mean, gosh, there was so much. There was a lot of personal strife in my life. And she taught me, or we learned together, I should say, and I truly do believe that. That's one of my favorite things in A-Plan is that literally everything I've discovered was discovered by me. And I was guided there. But, you know, if you're a kind person, I believe, you know, you're going to take a lot of responsibility for anything that's thrown your way from especially people you love. And I, I am a very caring, loving person. I mean, it's what I do for a living, um, work with preschoolers and children. So when something happens to me that, that affects me emotionally, or I feel even that someone's disappointed in me, I take that incredibly seriously, serious. So, so I was taught that sometimes it's not you, you know, and how to focus um, and kind of slow things down and be kind of loving and forgiving rather than judgmental and, and defensive and angry. So that, that was a big thing for me because anyone, I'm very close to my family. Anyone who has knows that family can be trying, you know, so I'm not talking about my immediate family. <laughs> my daughters are a whole nother story, man. I need a whole nother coach just for that. <laughs> You know, I think what you're describing are, in my experience, habits, you know, and it's habitual ways of perceiving things. I know myself, like defensiveness was was a habit. It's rooted in some kind of emotional kind of underpinning, but it's a habit. And, and when I set my mind through my work with my coach to kind of change that, like realizing that that habit wasn't serving me in the ways that, you know, it wasn't serving me in a very positive way. It was creating distance is rooted in fear. And, and I think that some of the stuff you were describing about the saboteurs, which we all have is again, just kind of rooted in fear of being vulnerable, fear of being exposed, fear of being seen. And I think coaching helps us help certainly help me identify those things and then work on them. You know, as a creative person, I'd love to drill into that a little bit more. Like that piece that you described to me, I know so well, my own experience about putting something out there in the world, being creative, writing a song, writing a play, directing a show, making visual art, whatever it is, and putting it out there for people to experience, but also in their own ways, judge. It's difficult. And, and I think that I'd be curious to know sort of what your experience of your own work and creativity was as you worked with a coach and how did that change or open up or was it just a simple sort of greater tolerance for moving forward despite the saboteur voices? Hmm. Well, I, I, I actually created a project during that time that was kind of a dream project. So in that, in that I was fearless in creating this piece of art. I created a record called Seeing Life in 2020, which apparently did not do very well. 
<laughs> just in the title, if you could just imagine. It was not very popular. Regardless. Just change was, the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Regardless, um, I had worked tirelessly on this album and with my coach kind of coaching me along in, in that you can do it. You know, you can do whatever you put your mind to. And I manifested this record, which seemed impossible. And confidence is hard to come by sometimes as an artist. We're, we're, we're rewinding to our previous conversation. But so that really helped me pull this project off. So that was like a direct, a very material example there is that I was able to create this epic record um, of cover songs uh, with the help of coaching. I think at the time, I'm, I'm really having a hard time remembering because at the time I had a full business with like 20 employees and now it's like me and my wife again. And uh, our business didn't fare very well through the pandemic at all. It, it'll be a rebuilding process from here. And that's what I'm trying to decide with a plan is rebuild or move on. I love the kids so much. I don't want to do that, but it's, I don't see the winter being a good time for business. So I'm working with my coach right now to figure out what is my A plan here, people, you know, but rewinding back to, to the creative, I'm trying to remember because I had a whole different life then when I was two and a half years ago and I had all these employees and they were such a pain in the neck. And anyone who runs a small business can, can know that, oh my God, I learned very quickly that employees really, the employees that I had didn't much care about, they would go with the wind flows, right? I'm, I'm an employer at the end of the day, no matter how much love I have to give. It got very frustrating and I learned to cope with that, which was huge. So, and once I was able to cope with that and put that into place, that opened up a whole side of my brain for the creativity and for the time that I wanted to focus on positives and not dealing with uh, negatives and dealing with it and moving on and having the tools to do that. I mean, I can really pinpoint multiple spots of my life. It's not like, oh, the business and then the business helped the creativity, but getting focused on the creativity only fueled the business. And so uh, really a plan touched every single part of my life and the way it the way that it works is it's really in my lap, right? So I wanted to change my relationship with the people around me, my family. I wanted to change my business and how I dealt with my employees and how I dealt with the stress. And I wanted to be more of a creative force. And all of those things, three things happened and they all uh, came to fruition kind of simultaneously. It's like when you learn how to play one instrument, and then you can play the drums and then you want to play the guitar or something. And you kind of see this, this relationship between those two instruments, same thing with, with the parts of my life, you know, they're all touching one another and you're, you're seeing the influence of one and how to apply it to the other. And these are all tools I got from a plan. And I'll say it again, you can get these tools from reading books and stuff, but when you're kind of held accountable each week to have goals and, and then type them in and speak with your coach and re reread your notes each week. And it just keeps you, I go through all my notes, like straight back to week one and, and then try and see where you are, where you're going. And uh, it helped, helps me keep focused on what those goals are. If you have children and a business and all this stuff, it will quickly 
overwhelm you to the fact where days and weeks are passing by and your habits are getting worse and you are improving a darn thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that you, know, you describe two, two sort of distinct phases. One of what do you do in the face of success? You know, your business is taking off and sort of chasing yeah. it as you were describing. <laughs> and then, right. and coaching is a resource to help you show up for that and kind of deal with the challenges and opportunities of that situation. And then also, you know, things going the opposite direction, the thing that's kind of <laughs> falling apart due to COVID and how yeah. coaching is a resource to help deal with the challenges associated with, with sort of things moving in the opposite direction. And I hear you too, like how, I mean, we believe and we know, we all know that we're holistic systems and then you can't silo different parts of yourself. But I feel like Though people, I would say everyone understands that, we often don't operate from that perspective. And the things that you're talking about, touching each other, how you are with your employees, how you are creatively, how you are with your family, et cetera, those things are all united in that they're all a part of you. And, and in my experience, that was the same thing. Sarah often explains how sometimes the key to the lock of, of a lock that's locked in one domain of your life, the key exists in some other seemingly unrelated domain of life. Yeah. And I know that that's been my experience too. I mean, financial management helped me be more of a creative person. Like how those two things relate, I don't know, but removing worry somehow opened up a sense of freedom to create in a kind of a freer, less self-conscious, less stressed way. And I wouldn't have put those two things together, but Certainly working with a coach helped me see that. That's pretty awesome. It's funny that you made that correlation. I didn't see that. Yeah, A plan was great when I was doing well, and it's great when I'm not. No, but I am doing good. And actually, A plan's teaching me, you know, something different altogether now. And obviously it's not it's not A plan. It's it's me who's who's teaching me through your methods and through the, the company's methods, and obviously an awesome coach. Doesn't hurt, but like I, I'll repeat it. I love the concept that really you're doing the work, and A plans helping you get there. So there's a real bit of responsibility. I'm not going to say that I haven't been a slacker here and there. I try, but I've definitely been a slacker here and there. It, it, it was hard this time to get back on board. You know, sometimes when you're feeling down and down and out, it's hard to pull yourself out of there, and. uh my current coach has been extremely patient with me, thankfully. Yeah. How has that been? I'm curious, just, I mean, and for the sake of, of listeners who might be, you know, considering a coach, we have had many instances for one reason or another where someone moves from one coach to another, kind of makes a lateral move. And you know, we're very much designed for there to be, you know, consistency across all the coaches, but, you know, people are different, no question there. How has it been for you, you know, starting working with one coach for a couple of years, pausing, starting working with a different coach. How has that been for you? I wouldn't say actually it has had a huge effect either way. And I'm not saying that to belittle the fact that the two individuals I'm working with are individually different and amazing, but I haven't seen much of a, a difference. I, I miss, I was hesitant because the coach I was working with was like, you know, I truly developed this like extremely strong bond with, which will never go away. But maybe in the end, better to use someone new who uh, has a fresh perspective, 
rather than someone who uh, probably has learned to care for me and vice versa, right? I mean, my current coach cares for me. We developed a super friendship. So I think the new, having a new coach is, is a positive thing in, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. my, which my older coach actually suggested maybe this would be, you know, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I've, you know, I've worked with, I'd say maybe four or five coaches over the last 20 years. And it, I, I also found a value in at times switching, mixing it up, having someone who will listen a little differently, push a little differently, reflect a little differently, see me a little differently. I think sometimes that outside perspective with some variation is useful. It helps me see a different sides of me in a positive way. But I, I also agree with you on creating a deep connection. I, I really value the relationship I have with my coach now. I think that deepens over years. I mean, I've now worked with her for about four years consistently. And I think that that just continues to sort of unfold and blossom in ways that I think all relationships do, but obviously coaching relationship is quite unique in its way. It sure is. Well, a plan's pretty unique compared to what I've experienced outside of a plan. Like the app, no one wants to be on their phone more or anything, but I do the app on the computer and it really works for me. I mean, it really works for me. I think that I should use it more, but I'll get there. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, for sure. I tend to use it on the on the phone. Oddly, uh, if you watch the app video on our website, that's me sort of explaining some tips that I've discovered over time. And one of them was just from for me on my phone, putting it, as the first thing I see when I open up my home screen so that instead of scrolling to kind of news media and that or Facebook, I'll just like go Go to first. It's the habit that's developed for me of just tracking things I've accomplished, tracking things I'm grateful for. I personally believe that it has really rewired my brain and, and moved me from being a person who was much more negatively biased to someone who's much more positively biased just because I'm spending a lot more time thinking about the things that are good in my life, things that I'm grateful for, accomplishments I'm experiencing. And and it it shocked me. And I know I sound like the guy who drank his own Kool-Aid saying this, but it really changed everything for me because that negativity and that worry that had been sort of my baseline by being displaced by a much more positive perspective kind of fundamentally changed my perception of my life, which is, which is really quite something to do. Um, so I'm a huge believer in the app. Well, I'm going to put it on my home screen. That's a good idea. Like the front, the first thing you see, that's smart. Yeah. We actually designed the, the icon based upon what colors stood out the most all for that kind of user experience hack to like help it just stay present for people, not yeah. in the way that like some apps and things I don't think are particularly positive or nurturing. I know for me, like doom scrolling on Apple News isn't the, the best, you know. This is what I want to know. My if, consciousness, you, but. if you don't look at the news, is it still happening? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, but what I, what I wanted to say was if you don't do the work, then a plan's not going to work for you. Yeah. It's really not. You have to do the work. Yeah. Well, it's like, like having every a, week. 
It's like having a gym membership, right? If you have a gym membership and don't go to the gym and work out, it's not going to have any kind of impact. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no weights to pump here, only mental weights. (laughs) Unless you want to get, you want to get totally buff and then (laughs) you can pump you up, you know? Remember? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, listen, man, this has been wonderful. It's always fun to reconnect with you. I hope it's been enjoyable for anyone who has listened. Then you must have gotten something out of it because, because I guess because why are to- you because why are you listening still? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the hope is always we share our experience with the hope that it helps. I don't know. Introduce some new ideas. Introduce some new tools. Validate. Offer testimonial to validate some ways of being, some ways of growing, some ways of, of developing uh, and as a person with the hope that benefits you. So if you've listened this far, I, I suspect that that's the case, but thank you for listening. And Michael, always, man, love you. And thank you for being a, a client, being one of our first, being someone who's really stayed with us and has done the work and has benefited from all that we have to offer in ways that probably surpass what, what, what most have experienced. So it's just it's a pleasure to know you as a friend and as a client. And thanks for joining us today. I'm happy to have been here. Thanks for having me, dude. This was great. Thanks for joining us for All You Need is a Plan. If you'd like to learn more about what A-Plan Coaching can do for your team or organization, check out our website, aplancoaching.com, connect with us on social media, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening.